0: Praise God. Well, hey, we are doing a series here at Thrive. It is called "To the Ends of the Earth," and what we're doing was we are traveling through the powerful book of Acts in the New Testament, and we are taking a look at how the movement that Jesus started two thousand years ago started from one place in Jerusalem, and then very quickly, very suddenly, went to all like all sorts of different places around the world. And as we track how God's kingdom starts to move from one place to another, I think you're also going to gain an appreciation for what God is doing in your life today and how you can work with God and cooperate with God to maximize the impact and the blessing that comes from that work in and through your life because God is working in you. And today, we're extremely blessed to have Pastor Bon Marisigan to bring the message to us today. We're always so blessed to have him with us whenever he's here, and we are glad to have him here once again, and so would you please join me in giving a big Thrive welcome. Welcome to Pastor Bon Marisigan as he brings this next episode of our series to the ends of the earth. Let's welcome him and thanks so much everybody once again.
1: Good morning, Thrive Church. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome. So um, like I've said many times before, it's always an honor, pleasure, and a privilege for me to be here. I'd like to um, say hello to everyone that's here on site and also to everyone that's listening online. Hello, Pastor JB, Pastor Shar, and uh, really hope that um, you could get back into action, into the heat of things, because we know how much uh, God uses Pastor JB and his family. So the best is yet to come. We are about to hear the Word of God. Are you ready? Are you excited? Amen. So today we're going to uh, learn from the book of Acts chapter 12. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever woken up only to find that a, that a miracle had happened in your life? Well, my wife actually experienced this um, two years ago, and this was uh, when the pandemic just began. and uh, she went through a second surgery uh, a few weeks after her first surgery, and um, the surgery was on her spine in her lower back area. So there were complications from the first surgery, and after running many tests, the doctors could not find anything wrong, so they said, we need to open you up again. And so they decided to operate a second time, and this was just three weeks after her first surgery. So this was a big deal, because the wounds from the first surgery were already beginning to heal. And here they were, they were like going to cut her open again. However, upon opening her up, the doctors did not find anything wrong. In short, they did not have to do anything, they did nothing. And so they closed up my wife's back again. And because of all the anesthesia and the painkillers, my wife did not wake up until a day and a half later. And when she did, the pain and the heavy pressure that she felt in her back after her first surgery had miraculously disappeared. My wife woke up to a miracle. The doctors stretched out their hands. They did not see anything, they didn't do anything. But at the same time, God stretched out his hand. And he performed a miracle in my wife's body. God is good? Amen. So every answered prayer is a miracle. How many of you are waiting for an answered prayer? Acts chapter 12 tells us the story of how the Apostle Peter woke up to a miracle. Our story for today gives us many wonderful assurances to encourage us in the difficult days of life. And in case you haven't noticed, we are living in very difficult times. We have to notice that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is the same God in Acts chapter 12. He's the same God today. And He's always in control. And He always watches over all His children. Do you believe that, church? Amen. So, number one lesson is God sees our difficult situations. And we can see this in um, Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Starting with verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of the unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial, After the Passover. So here we see that King Herod was the main reason behind the persecution against Christians. And the only reason I can think of for uh, King Herod to do this was not religious reasons. Because he was not at all religious, he was a political guy. He had the heart of a politician. His persecuting the Christians and having James killed brought great pleasure and approval from the Jews, especially those who were religious. What Herod did pleased the leaders because they did not like Jesus and his followers. They did not like Jesus because Jesus claimed that he was God. And also, Jesus was a threat to their religious beliefs and practices. And I guess most importantly, he was a threat, Jesus was a threat to their money-making business. And this is a whole sermon on its own. Now, King Herod's actions also allowed him to gain favor with the Jews. The Jews did not like King Herod. Why? Because he was an Edomite. Just imagine, a non-Jew being the, the king of the Jews? That just doesn't make sense. So, Herod probably said to himself, Oh, killing the Apostle James was a great move on my part. Hmm, let me see. What else can I do to further win the approval of the Jews? And so his next move was to have Peter arrested and thrown into jail. So Herod had the heart of a politician. And one lesson we can learn from this is that most, if not all, politicians will do anything, even if it is the wrong thing to do. They will do anything to make themselves politically popular, um, anything to gain a political advantage, anything to win the approval of people. James and Peter had done nothing wrong. But because killing them would would bring great pleasure to the Jews, Herod persecuted them. So Peter was now in prison. And the plan was for Peter to go through uh, a public trial the following day. And uh, the most likely outcome would be a guilty verdict and a unanimous decision to have Peter executed, just like James was executed. So it is safe to say that Peter was in very difficult situation. His life was in great danger. Verse 4 says that there were 16 uh, soldiers. There were 16 soldiers um, of four soldiers each that worked in four shifts in guarding Peter. Now, why did Herod want four squads of soldiers guarding uh, Peter? Well, In Acts chapter 5, again, this is not Acts 12, this is before 12, this is Acts chapter 5, it tells us that Peter and the rest of the apostles were thrown into jail. And verse 19 says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. So, Herod wanted to make sure that this would not happen again. So, he assigned more than enough soldiers to make sure that this escape would not happen to Peter. So, But as we all know, God's will cannot be stopped. If you believe that, say amen, church. God saw Peter's difficult situation. This is not obvious from the verses that we read, but it will become clearer as our story unfolds. So how many of you are in a difficult situation today? Well, you must know regardless of what you see, how you feel, remember that God sees, knows everything, and he knows and cares for you and your situation. The second uh, thing we can learn this morning is God answers prayer. And we can see this in verses 5 to 12. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. When we find ourselves in a difficult situation, our first instinct should be to pray. And every, for some reason, the last two times I've been here, I've always talked about um, this verse from Philippians 4, 6. So we should not worry or be anxious about anything instead we should tell god our needs eventually we will tell god our needs so why don't we skip the worrying part the anxiety part right but i know it's just human nature to do that but again with the help of the holy spirit and as we uh, mature in the lord you know it it should get better in terms of um, not worrying but instead uh, telling god all we need but we are also to thank God for all that he has done, right? There's so many things we can be thankful for. Right now, I'm just so thankful that it is much cooler up here on stage compared to what it was two, two, two hours ago, right? So there's so many things we, are, we can be thankful for. We should take at least four hours to give him thanks. So every now and then, it's not, every day actually, we need to reflect on the things that God has done for us, our families, things that God has done jan- for our bodies, for our jobs. We need to give thanks for, to God for everything. So, what is the promise and the peace of God that surpasses all? Not some, but all human understanding shall guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, okay, in times of trouble, we as individuals need to pray. But verse 5 teaches us that the church, the body of Christ, should also gather regularly in order to pray. Verse 5 tells us that there was a a prayer going on for Peter to God by the church. Again, a prayer for Peter to God by the church. Most churches I know of have at least um, a prayer meeting, at least one one day a night or one night a week. And um, here in Acts chapter 12, we read that the local body of believers in Jerusalem were having a prayer meeting at the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Prayer works. If you believe that, say amen, church. And some, if not most of you, probably have awesome stories or testimonies about God answering your prayers. There is power in prayer. This is why Christian churches should gather together on a regular basis. Verse 5 says, The church prayed earnestly. The New King James Version uses the word constantly. The King James Version says that the church prayed without ceasing. Church must take the time. Churches must take the time to gather together to focus on praying for the needs of brothers and sisters in the Lord, to pray for the church's needs, to pray for uh, broken relationships, healing in our bodies, salvation of loved ones. There's so much we can pray for. So we pray as a church because God listens, because it is the biblical thing to do, and because it is one way for us to show our love for one another. So I encourage you, if you're not part of... uh, your Tuesday night, 8.30 uh, p.m. prayer meeting, I encourage you to join. Amen? Amen. So God listens to our prayers, and His answer to the prayer of the church in verse 5 was not no. It wasn't not yet. Both are possible answers. God's answers to our prayers is not always yes. Remember, God is not a, a genie in a magic lamp where he, where the answer is always yes. Right? In the case of Peter, the answer was Yes. Now, knowing that the prayer was answered with a yes is important. But what is also very important is to look back, reflect on how God answered our prayer. Because that is where we really see God's hand at work. Right? When we pray for something, how many times have we um, uh, thought of the different possible ways that God could answer our prayers? Oh, This is my prayer request. God will do this, step A, and then step B, step C. Or he might do this, step A, step B, step C. I mean, what are we doing really, right? A lot of times when God answers our prayers, it's nowhere near how we imagine it he would answer our prayers. So, again, let me ask you the question. If you were in a difficult situation, would you want one or two people praying for you Or would you like the whole church praying for you? Would you like the whole church to pray for you? Amen. So, um, and we see this in verse 5. The members of the church of Jerusalem were constantly praying for Peter. So God listens to our prayers and his answers to the prayer of the church in verse 5 was yes. Now, let us see how God answered their prayers. Verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So verse 6 says that Peter was sleeping in between two guards, two soldiers. And it also says that Peter was not bound by one chain, but two chains. So I imagine that one chain was um, attached to Peter's right wrist and the other end was attached to the wrist of the guard to the right. And then another chain was attached to his left wrist with the end of the chain tied to the wrist of the guard to his left. So here we see a Peter sandwich. And on top of this, two soldiers were guarding the door. In the eyes of man, Peter was not going anywhere. So my question for all of us is, how many times have we said this? where We are in a difficult situation and we say to ourselves, we are going nowhere. This is going nowhere. We have to put our trust and faith in God because he knows the best timing for our answers, for our prayers to be answered. If you believe that, church, say amen. Amen. Okay, verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Verse 7 says a light shone in the cell. But Peter was so sound asleep that the light did not wake him up. So, I imagine this was not a dim light. This was probably a very bright light. But it says it was not strong enough to wake up Peter. Peter was sound asleep. So, what did, what did the angel have to do? The angel struck Peter on the side. Now, I first thing that came to my mind is, the angel struck Peter on the side of the face. No, I think he... The angel wouldn't do that. The angel probably struck Peter on the side of the body. Hey, he said, Peter, sing lie, wake up. Michael's laughing. If, If my pronunciation is bad, you can blame Michael over there. Wake up. Peter was so peacefully sound asleep. If you and I knew that we were going to be executed the next day, would you be able to sleep soundly the night before? Probably not. And yet, this is what Peter did. Now, are we talking about the same Peter in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who revealed himself to be impulsive and uh, arrogant and boastful? This is the same Peter. In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, Peter and the disciples were in a boat, which was in the middle of a storm. And then they woke Jesus up. Why? Because Jesus was sleeping soundly in the middle of a storm. They woke Jesus up because they feared for their lives, and here in Acts chapter twelve, we see Peter about to die for his faith, and yet, yet he was sound asleep in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a um, jail cell. Peter had grown spiritually; he had learned to rest and trust in Jesus. So, there's a lesson to be learned here, church. Some things used to make us very, um, very worried, very concerned. Right, And um, the thing is, by going through difficult situations in our lives, we learn to grow maturity in Christ. We learn to trust in Christ. We learn to trust in His provision. So the, the, different, uh, the difficult uh, situations in our lives, like, like going through a, a loss of a job or loss of a loved one, the pandemic is a great example of a difficult time in our lives. And during those times, we learned to rest in Jesus. We learned that God provides. We learned that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And for the rest of our lives, can everybody say, "Amen?" Someone's excited. And for the rest of our lives, our hearts will feel and respond differently about difficult situations. This is because we have grown in our faith and learned to rest in Jesus. Peter slept soundly because the peace of God was guarding Peter's heart and mind. And this caused him to experience God's rest. Verses 8 to 10. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. So here we see obedience on Peter's part. Had Peter not obeyed the angel, he would have still been in prison. He would never have been set free. Peter obeyed without really knowing what was going on. But he had a sense that God was doing something, and he obeyed. And uh, he knew Probably that the explanation would come later. Verse 11, then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know, without a doubt, that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that Jewish people were hoping would happen. So once Peter was out of the prison and on the streets leading to the city, he finally realized that he did not have a vision. He had no doubt that God had just performed a miracle. The soldiers, the chains the iron gate, all this did not matter because our, his powerful God, his almighty God with his mighty hand took care of all these obstacles. Verse 12, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So once Peter was completely set free, it did not take him long to decide where he would go next. Peter did not decide to to go to a restaurant because he was very hungry. Peter did not decide to check in at the motel in order to get a warm bath and have a decent sleep on a nice bed. Peter did not decide to hide in a cave or leave Jerusalem for fear that he would once again be arrested. Peter knew without a doubt that the church was praying for him this whole time, for his release. And so Peter decided to go to the house of Mary, and tell the prayer warriors that their prayers had been answered. Verses 13 and 14, Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. She was excited. This is where our story becomes a bit comical. Peter knocked on the door. Rhoda went to the door and without opening the door, she recognized that the voice behind the door belonged to Peter. And by the way, Rhoda, by the way, is Greek name for Rose. So Rose or Rhoda was so happy, so overjoyed, so excited that she knew without a doubt that it was Peter. In her excitement though, she ran back inside and forgot to open the door. Now, I have a suspicion that God caused Rhoda not to open the door. This is why. I believe it was in order to test the faith of the other believers. Verse 14 says that Rhoda was overflowing with joy at the good news. But how did the others in the prayer meeting respond? Well, let us read verses 15 and 16. You are out of your mind, they told Rhoda. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. They were surprised. Wow! this is not the response I expected from this group that had been constantly and earnestly praying for Peter's freedom. When their prayers were finally answered, they made the choice not to believe that it wasn't Peter, or it was Peter. Instead of believing, they came up with the possibility that it must be Peter's angel that talked like him and sounded like him. They fabricated, they made up in their minds the possible explanation. And they believed in that instead of believing that God had indeed freed Peter. Again, this is not the response we expected from these prayer warriors. Which leads us to our next and last point. When we pray, we must believe before, after, and during the miracle. It is so easy to pick on these prayer warriors here in Acts chapter 12. But how many times have we done this ourselves? Not believing that it was God who caused our, our prayers to be answered. You know, sadly, there were a few people who did this to me. When my wife was healed, when she received her miracle... A lot of people said to me, well, not a lot, maybe five people. They said to me, the surgeon, open up your wife's back. They did nothing. They, they sewed her back and, and then she was all healed. There must be another exclam- uh, explanation, explanation other than God. How many times have we said this? The believers in the prayer meeting practically said the same thing. There must be another explanation. In fact, they did come up with their own explanation. It must be Peter's angel. There are times when we pray earnestly and pray with faith. And when the answer comes, we sometimes doubt that the answer came from God. Can everybody say, never doubt God? He still performs miracles. He still performs miracles. If you believe that, say amen. Also, we have to be mindful that our unbelief, can have a negative impact to those around us. Imagine how Rhoda must have felt. She genuinely believed that it was Peter at the door. She was overjoyed. Hopefully, the group's response did not rob her of that joy. Hopefully, she did not accept the group's reasoning that it must be Peter's angel. You know, she was just a servant girl, but she was full of faith. You know, hopefully, she didn't listen to her masters, right? Okay, you're my master. I'm just a servant. Okay, I will accept that reason that it must be Peter's angel. So will Rhoda believe in what they said? Or will she continue to believe that God had answered their prayers? I guess we shall find out when we get to heaven. But in the meantime, the lesson here is that our unbelief can cause or bring unbelief to those around us. Are you listening, church? Amen. So now once we see that God has started to do something with our situation... And sometimes answers to our prayers will will take longer than usual. But while that's happening, we should keep believing and trusting in God during or while the miracle is taking place. What do I mean? Well, in verse 10, after Peter's chains were broken and after he left the prison, the miracle was not yet complete. Why? Because Peter came to an iron gate and the iron gate was closed. Peter had a choice to make, to believe or not believe that God would open the gate or do something about the gate. Many of us worry about iron gates, even before we get to those iron gates. Many of us fabricate or make up in our minds iron gates that are not there or will never ever be there. Why do we do that? Sometimes we find ourselves anxious about obstacles, the iron gates in our lives. When we pray to God, you know, we should also ask God to give us uh, perseverance and to be firm in our faith while we are waiting to receive answers to our prayers. Amen, church? Amen. God will take care of those gates when we get to them in the same way he did with Peter's iron gate. Now, my journey to becoming a Christian was a miracle, just like entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ, for anyone in this room, or anyone in this world, past, present, and future, coming to Christ is the greatest miracle. You know, I was, for the most part, a good boy, and my parents really did not have any difficulties in raising me up. But regardless of how good or bad a person is, everyone needs Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And we are not saved by good works. We are saved to do good works. Amen, church? And So, becoming a child of Christ is the greatest miracle that can ever happen in a person's life. So, having our eternal destination changed from hell to heaven is the greatest miracle. Now, our journey with Christ did not stop when we first accepted Christ as our Savior and Lord. Rather, that moment marked just the beginning of our journey with Jesus. And one of the reasons I continue to walk with Christ and believe in Jesus is because of the many miracles that I have experienced and continue to experience in my life. I see how God sustains the earth and human life. That is a miracle. Imagine if, if God just, you know, made a son just die. We would all be in trouble, right? I experience God's forgiveness daily. That's a miracle. I've seen people with no hope. Come to Christ. That's a miracle. I've seen healing in people's bodies. Those are miracles. I've seen God provide for me when I did not have a job for five years. You know how difficult that is? Especially here in British Columbia. That's a miracle. God gave me the perfect job for me. That's a miracle. I've seen God change and continue to change me into the likeness of Jesus Christ. That is a miracle. So this God miracles... Make me realize that we have a powerful but loving God, and it would be wise for us to never, ever let go of Him. If you agree with me, say amen. In this life, bad things will happen to both the good and the bad. Why? Because we live in a fallen and broken world. And there are bad people in this world who will hurt us, who will try to harm us. And this was the case with Peter. Going back to the first verse, Acts 12.1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Herod stretched out his hand to harm the church. James was executed and God allowed that to happen because it was time for James to be with Jesus. As for Peter, many years later, not in Acts 12, many years later, he eventually was executed for his faith. But here in Acts chapter 12, as Herod stretched out his hand to persecute Church and Peter, God also stretched out his hand so that Peter could receive his miracle hours before his trial and execution. I have no doubt that the miracle here in Acts chapter 12 strengthened the faith of Peter, of Rhoda, and the members in the church of Jerusalem. How many of you are waiting for a miracle from God? If you are praying for the salvation of a loved one, if you are praying for a broken relationship, If you are uh, praying for physical healing in your bodies or the bodies of loved ones. If you are praying about whom to marry or if you are to marry, whatever it is you're praying for, then listen to this. The miracle in Acts chapter 12 is there not for us just to study and be fascinated about. It is there for us to learn from and understand that God still performs miracles today. Amen, church? God sees our difficult situation. God continues to listen and answer prayers. God is always in control and is still in the business of breaking chains and opening gates or doors. We have a miracle working God who is indeed mighty to save. Amen, church? Did you learn something today? Let us give God uh, a big uh, round of applause. And uh, he truly deserves all the honor and glory and praise. So at this point in time, I'd like to uh, turn over the mic to, uh, to Tim. Church, I don't know
2: what you're experiencing right now or last week. Maybe you are fighting a sickness. Maybe you have a lot of worries in your lives. Maybe you just gone through a very bad relationship and you feel very sad or maybe you're going through some financial hardship or perhaps you, you've been very angry um, and you did something that you really regret you're not proud of but you also feel like you can't help it you, can't, you have no control over your anger or maybe you are addicted to something or you have committed a sin you didn't want to but somehow you did it anyway. You want change in your life, but you feel helpless. Today we heard the good news. The good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Amen. He has forgiven us and God can break every chains. Amen. God can break every chains and set us free. Amen. Maybe you have prayed a lot, maybe you have prayed a lot and. You feel that there's no answer. You still feel sad. You still worry a lot. But God can break that chain. God can break the chain of sins. God can break the chain of anger. God can cause changes in our lives because we are new creations. God can open that gate miraculously. So we have to believe in this miracle. This miracle will happen in our lives. If we want changes, we must believe this miracle and this miracle is real if you are new to church if you are new to christian faith i want to extend this invitation to you today to receive jesus christ into your life if you are watching online right now you can scan the qr code in front of you and you will it will lead to a prayer that i'm going to lead you to pray and you are on, if you're on site right now, you can raise your hand and someone will give you a card with a prayer. You can follow that prayer with me later. And also you can fill out that form and hand it back to the Welcome Center at the end of the service. Right now, let's prepare our hearts to pray to God. Let every head bowed and every eye closed. And let's pray together. Dear Jesus.
3: Dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you.
2: That because you love me,
3: that because you, love me
2: you die on the cross to pay, the for my sins.
3: to pay for my sins.
2: You rose again to give me life.
3: You rose again to give me life.
2: Today I open up my heart.
3: Today I open up my
2: heart. And I ask you to forgive me.
3: And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins.
2: And fill, and fill me with your Holy Spirit.
3: With the Holy Spirit.
2: Today, I place my trust, not on what I do, but on what you have done for me. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name.
3: In Jesus
2: name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise and we'll a big hand to God? <laughs> Hallelujah.
3: Welcome to Thrive Church. My name is Kathy, and it's so great to be here with you guys today. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements for you. If it's your first time here, we would love to get to know you better so please text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythreader.info and we'll mail you your very own Thrive Stainless steel Water Bottle. If you're on set at Lipong Place, you can pick one up at the Welcome Center by the exit door after service. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. If you're looking for a community to pray and to worship together, we want to invite you to join us over Zoom every Tuesday at 8 30 p.m. You can find the Zoom link available at my site info. Feel free to join us wherever you are. We look forward to praying and worshiping with you online every Tuesday night. Last but not least, if you're not currently part of a small group at Thrive, we highly encourage you to join one. This is the best way to meet new friends. Pray, support, and to have fun with one another. To sign up, visit my Third Info. That's it for this week. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at My Third Info. Have an amazing BC day-long weekend, and I will see you all next week online or on site at LeePont Place. Bye!